Growing up in the FLDS church, the, uh, we referred to the Mormon church as the Mormon church. That's what we, we referred to them as. And people would come up to us and ask, well, are you, do you consider yourselves Mormons? And we would say, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we're, we're Mormons too. Uh, just, just different kinds of Mormons uh, <laughs> because we believed in the Book of Mormon as well. So that was kind of a tricky one where, and that might have been some of the confusion why people thought that the FLDS and the mainstream LDS church were like the same church in some ways. And I think that's where kind of the term like fundamentalist Mormon comes into play, right? That kind of includes a whole bunch of churches. If a church practices polygamy or believes in those fundamental principles, then they get blanketed with that. So there's like the Mormons, meaning mainstream Mormonism, and then there's the fundamentalists or the fundamental Mormons, and that pretty much means everybody else who's broken off of it. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Sam. And I'm Melissa. I grew up in the FLDS community. It is a polygamous group run by Warren Jeffs, and I moved out when I was 18 years old. I was raised LDS. Sam and I have been married for nine years and have two awesome kiddos. Yes, we do. If you're interested in just listening in today, we do have our podcast available. And please don't forget to like and subscribe. Today, we wanted to take a second and kind of go back to our roots of just answering some questions. Lots of questions have come back up. Yes. <laughs> so I guess we didn't answer them well enough. So we're, we're going to answer them a little bit more in detail. Yes. And one of the things that we've been talking about a lot lately, and I feel like the words or the term gets thrown around all the time is fundamental Mormonism. Yes. So we say that all the time, especially when we're covering things like sister wives, where they belong to the AUB or the Kingstons, there's all these different groups. And then a lot of times we just throw out this blanket term of fundamental Mormonism. So we kind of wanted to go over what we mean when we use those words and what it means to be a fundamental Mormon and kind of the differences between the mainstream Mormonism, like mainstream Mormonism, fundamental Mormonism, where they intersect, all that good stuff. And all the different groups that there are out there now that believe in the fundamentals of Mormonism. So let's start our first video in deep diving into a topic. Yes. So as Sam just said, I mean, I know it sounds simple, like, okay, fundamental Mormonism, they believe in the fundamentals, but what are the fundamentals? of Mormonism and why are those considered so fundamental to all of these groups because and why does it always end in polygamy? That's the big one right? and that's what a lot of people want to know is because honestly we've recently talked to people that aren't from Utah, aren't from around the Mormonism I guess growing up with it around them and they all assume to this day, at least the ones we've recently talked to, mm -hmm. that all Mormonism is polygamy. Everyone that practices Mormonism in any shape or form, whether it's the mainstream Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or a small group of three people, they all assume that it's all polygamy because of that, that uh, original idea that came from the beginnings of the church. Yes. So, I guess first definition would be fundamental Mormonism is believing in the fundamentals, particularly of the first three prophets. So, Joseph Smith... Mormonism in general is considered a restorationalist church. So Joseph Smith believed that he restored the church of Jesus Christ onto this earth, that angels came and laid their hands upon his head and actually gave him the power of the priesthood or the power of Christ on earth. Yeah. And that, so it's actually being restored straight from Jesus Christ himself, that there was a great apostasy that didn't have God's power and God's church on this earth, and he restored it. And so from there, those first three prophets, Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and then John Taylor, are accepted by every branch off of Mormonism, except for, and I'll give one quick little caveat, 
um, those who followed Emma Smith and her sons so, yeah. after Joseph Smith had been killed, those are the RLDS. That's a separate break off very early on, right? Yeah. Like after Joseph Smith was killed. They're no, they're no longer referred to as the RLDS. Now they have changed their name to, I believe, the Church of Christ, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So, so it's separate. So I just so want to clarify that. Yes. But then the rest of the church followed Brigham Young to Utah. So what's known as Mormonism now today is you know, people who followed Brigham Young, John Taylor, and then there began to be split-offs after that that branched out. And just to go back to the very beginnings of where the name Mormon even came from, in case some of you are wondering that, the reason they are referred to as Mormons is because they believe in a book called the Book of Mormon. And that book was written, or some people would say translated, from Joseph Smith, the original or the first prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes. So those are the main prophets that all of the different branches believe in, believe were prophets of God. And within those first three is where polygamy came from. Now, some of the fundamental doctrine that all of the churches agree on that would make you considered a fundamental Mormon are things like the practicing of polygamy, um, temple work, the idea that God has a body of flesh and blood, some of the different things that Joseph Smith revealed in his restoration of the gospel, right? So there are things like that, that all of these different groups all believe in in the same way. And now, ever since then, the mainstream Mormon church has continued to, um, I don't want to say conform, but has continued to stay with society and continue to progress with society. To some extent. To some extent. Yes. They still hold on to a lot of the same values, but... Every time there's been something that seems like it's progressive or more towards society's side, there ends up being some kind of break-off. So the first big break-off was when Wilford Woodruff had a revelation, and that was the fourth prophet after John Taylor came Wilford Woodruff. And he had a revelation and made a manifesto saying that polygamy was no longer to be practiced. Well, no, and just something along those lines, a lot of people think that Wilford Woodruff was the one that just put an end to polygamy, which... You know, in some way or another, he kind of did, but he was more agreeing with his revelation was agreeing with the law of the land at that point, which which is interesting because a lot of uh, the breakoffs of the fundamental Mormonism churches and that they say and still to this day believe that the law of God is much more important than the law of the land. So this was a big, this was a quite a big deal when something that was so fundamental to the church, some one of the prophets stood up and said, you know what, we're going to change it and we're going to obey the law of the land over, in a lot of people's minds at that time, over the law of God. Because it was restored to the church, it was commanded to the church that they live polygamy. Or at least that's the stories that we were all told, that I was, mm -hmm. you were told yeah. even, I especially was told growing up in the FLDS where I did, or I didn't personally, but my family and all of the uh, people there practiced polygamy. So anyway, Wilfred Woodruff basically just said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to no longer allow polygamous marriages. So he didn't require that anyone give up their plural wives or anything mm -hmm. like that. He just agreed with the law and said, okay, we'll stop marrying people into polygamy at that time. Yeah, because the law was, yeah, the, the mainstream Elias church was getting in a lot of trouble with the law. Mm -hmm. And so uh, going along with that, again, as in the views of the people who are practicing polygamy, there were a lot of people who said, okay, they're conforming to main 
mainstream society and we're not okay with that and they split off right and then from there there's continues to be breakoffs within those who left to practice polygamy but even within mainstream Mormonism right now in Utah there's estimated to be between 30 and 40,000 polygamists and it continues to happen where people will break off even into just their own family we're seeing more and more that even as the mainstream LDS church if there's something that's viewed as going more with society rather than sticking true to their fundamental beliefs people will break off and when they go and they try to look back to the fundamentals of even their church they end up with the idea of polygamy because right. that is in the beginning doctrines and in the original restoration and so mainstream Mormons don't consider themselves Mormon fundamentalists now that is considered anybody who breaks off and goes back to the fundamentals of Mormonism and back to the fundamentals of those beginning prophets and leaves out the modern-day revelation which is what the mainstream church now is very big on is that whoever the most current prophet is what they say is the most important and it basically trumps anything of the past so when Wilford Woodruff came out and said no more polygamy the mainstream church says well that's what the current prophet says that's what the Lord wants us to hear right now so we get rid of that it doesn't matter what Joseph Smith and Brigham Young taught anymore if I shouldn't say it doesn't matter at all anymore but they're, you're supposed to be following whatever the most current prophet says. Which makes change almost inevitable because mm -hmm. you're going to have someone stand up with new ideas and new revelations, as they would say, and in some cases change so much of the church. I mean, you take Wilford Woodruff, for example. He, uh, he agreed with the law because also, he, he kind of had to in some way or another because oh, yeah. the law basically told him, hey, you don't, if you keep uh, practicing polygamy, if you keep allowing people to get married, we will shut you down, basically. Like, you will no longer have your church. And so he kind of had to do something in order to keep the church going at that time. That being said, going to the other side of things, there were people during that time living in Short Creek, Colorado City, Hilldale, that later became the FLDS church. There were people living there at that, at that time that were practicing polygamy. Stories have it, and journals written down state that Wilford Woodruff traveled down and visited the people, the, what, he, what they would call the saints, the, the members of the church during that time, and told them, you are worthy, you're faithful, good job with the polygamy, this is what God wants, continue on. You're, he, didn't, he didn't try to put an end to it, he, he said this is what you should be doing. For those of you that are currently living polygamy, that's what God wanted for you. So he didn't try to put an end to it. It was a later prophet, a couple prophets after Wilfred Woodruff said, we are no longer associated with those that practice polygamy. Yeah. So that's where a lot of like the fundamentals, why it always comes back to polygamy is because anytime people go back to the original teachings from those first few prophets, they end up becoming fundamental and it's almost impossible to go back to those first three or four prophets without ending up in polygamy itself. And it just continues to break off. There continues to be breakoffs and branches and it's, in, it's hard and interesting at the same time yeah. to see the balance that the mainstream LDS church has with the idea of a modern prophet being able to change anything they want whenever they want to and sticking true to the idea that it's a restorationalist and that everything was restored or I've heard current prophets or the current LDS prophet say that 
oh, it didn't mean everything was restored. Like there's still more restoration to come, right? But a lot of people, if you look back to what Joseph Smith said, himself said, what Brigham Young said, they seem to believe that it was fully restored and that they had all the truth back on the earth. And so there's this tough line to toe and people have a hard time. And when they start questioning their faith in the current modern prophet or in the mainstream Mormons case, you know, there's certain things I know when President um, Nelson, the current prophet of the church, had made a statement about people getting COVID vaccines. Mm -hmm. And that can cause great divides within an organization. And I know that that caused people to look at the fundamentals and decide whether or not they needed to follow the prophet or if they, you know, if that was a suggestion, if, if it was revelation, if they should look back into restorationalist fundamentals. And so I, that's just one example. But anytime a current prophet has a new revelation, there is decisions that have to be made of whether or not you believe that that prophet is a prophet of God speaking for God and that you need to follow it or if everything was restored before and you need to go back home. Well, and you start hearing this term, at least it seems more frequent that we hear it now, that, well, the prophet at that time was talking as a man. He wasn't talking as a prophet revealing revelation from God. He was just talking as a man in that situation. And so that's where you have all of these different opinions about, oh, he wasn't telling us that we have to, or that God wants to get the vaccine in this case. A lot of times people have the same theories about the word of wisdom, which is uh, basically became a commandment for the mainstream LDS church that you are not supposed to eat and drink certain things. Certain things are not allowed uh, according to God. But when the when the word of wisdom was first introduced by Joseph Smith, it was a recommendation. And it's canonized in scripture that way. The very first verse says this is not to be a commandment. Right. It is to be a suggestion, right? So it says clearly this is not meant to be a commandment. Modern day prophets have now made it into a commandment that aligns with your worthiness to make sacred covenants in the temple. Right. So once again, like just how things change and are interpreted. Uh, for example, in the FLDS, the word of wisdom remained a recommendation, as it says in the Doctrine and Covenants. And so it remained a, a recommendation, and some people would drink coffee, some people wouldn't, depending on what the, how they interpreted or how they felt that they needed to abide by that law. My father, he was... He said, well, I mean, if God recommends something, why wouldn't I do it, right? Other people say, oh, just a recommendation. Man, I don't really need to do it. And anyway, that comes back to what current prophets today are saying, sometimes over the pulpit, sometimes not. But members of the church will take what they say and kind of interpret it their own way of whether or not they think it's a commandment or just a suggestion or if he's talking as a prophet or if he's just talking as a man. I know a lot of people say that Brigham Young was talking just as a man <laughs> when he said a lot of the things that the church Period. doesn't really Most believe. of what Brigham Young said was, as a man, we'd rather not be associated yeah, Brig with that. Brigham Young was the second prophet of the church, uh, the Mormon church. And so he said a lot of things that people nowadays don't really want to admit that he ever said. Just We'll just say that. But it's so well documented, and the FLDS, you guys just believed what oh. Brigham Young said as truth and, and that is clung why, to it. He oh, didn't yeah. try to hide from it like I grew up. Take a, church, from it. <laughs> take a church that follows Brigham Young's teachings, uh, and that's the FLDS, right? And look at the problems in today's society that the FLDS is having because they stuck with that. Yeah, and that is one thing that I will give props to the LDS churches 
finding that more balance of being able to fit into the world in some sense has helped them be able to continue to grow and not be this tiny community that is getting in trouble in all sorts of different ways, right? That the FLDS had, because like you said, you guys really did stick true to the teachings of Brigham Young and the fundamental teachings. And most of these fundamental Mormon groups are not very large. They don't proselyte and they're basically surviving off of births. Like it's very rare to have people convert. And so I think that the success of the mainstream LDS church has really come from continuing to move on with society and in certain societal norms and kind of moving forward and not trying to stay stuck in the past, trying to stay in the 1800s. You know, it has moved into the 21st century. And so that has definitely helped them in a lot of ways. But then sometimes it does hurt them with the members when you're torn between this restorationalist ideology and the idea of progressing forward in order to be a part of modern society as well. Right. It's yeah. in a tricky space, but it is. I just what you said made me think about. Uh, I just had this thought that I've never really, really realized until right now. When you mentioned that the smaller churches, like the the fundamentals, the fundamentalist churches, don't really proselyte. They don't really go out looking for new members. Mm-hmm. Well, growing up in the FLDS, it's very clear why. They don't want someone from the outside coming in and stirring the pot because they realize how strange to the rest of the world their beliefs are and what they're doing is and because they haven't changed with society. They haven't made yeah. those changes. So it's so strange now. Maybe back in back in the you know, a couple hundred years ago it was less strange. But now it's it's very, very strange, some of the things they do in practice. So they don't want people coming in and stirring the pot. That being said, it's so interesting because it seems like people that get into this position of power, even though it might be over a small group of people, like the David uh, from Waco, Texas. Mm. David, Warren Jeffs, I know there are others, I'm just not thinking of their names at this moment. They feel that they have to tell the world their revelation or their their story behind why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, like. People, it's almost a sense of pride, like, right. look what I... So they're do. not going out trying to bring members in, but the whole world has to hear. I don't know if that's just a, they just want to become well-known before they are locked away in prison forever, or in David's case, before he ends up dying. I don't know if they just want to tell the world about that so that they their name will go down in history. I don't know. But I remember I was in Chile. I was in Chile after I had left the FLDS church. I was in Chile on a, on a Mormon mission. And papers, revelations, sermons from Warren Jeffs, and this is while he's in prison, were showing up to locations in Chile, which makes me think it was all over the world this was happening. So he was spending all of this money to send all of these revelations to different places, some even to the mainstream LDS church and other locations and different churches. But just interesting that they don't want to bring members in, but they feel the need the, the need that the whole world has to hear their message. Well, and I wonder if that's because fundamentally, going back to those first three prophets, it they did do missionary work. Like Joseph Smith mm-hmm. was a big proponent of missionary yeah. work. However, when they started doing missionary work to begin with, in the very early days of the church, they didn't... Well, in the very beginning, they didn't practice polygamy. And secondly, I don't believe they're proselyting polygamy as well. Mm -hmm. And so, because it was illegal, right? So it was in hiding for a very long time. So 
that part of it wasn't. Um, and then once polygamy stopped, then missionaries going out again. I'd be really interested to see, and maybe somebody has some journals or information on missionaries proselyting when polygamy was open in Utah. If hmm. missionaries actually taught that principle, or if they kept it to the other principles of the gospel and kind of left that part out, because it wasn't forced. Everyone didn't have to practice polygamy. Right. So I wonder if it was brought up or if that was something that was kind of not really talked about. Possibly, yeah. I mean, maybe it was only talked about amongst those that were closer with the leaders of the church, you know, so mm -hmm. that the word wasn't spreading, that it was a, a thing. Yeah. Right? So maybe that's it. Also, there are scriptures that talk about that the gospel must spread throughout the entire world. So that's, yeah, that's maybe that's another reason that Warren Jeffs was, well, it says this in the scriptures, well, i got to spread my message to the entire world. That could have been the reasoning for that. That's what I'm saying. And by scripture, you mean like in the Doctrine and Covenant, right? right? So like scripture, scripture that Joseph Smith had written. Exactly. And so fundamentally, it makes sense that they would want to spread their word, mm -hmm. even if it's in a different way that the mainstream Mormon church interprets it as, you know, sending missionaries out. So yeah. anyway, those are some of the main differences. Again, mainstream Mormons, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they don't consider themselves fundamental Mormons. They just consider themselves... Well, now, just the Church of Jesus Christ used of Latter-day Saints. Used to be the Mormons. The Mormons. Uh, I grew actually, up in the time where you were supposed to be proud and tell everyone why you were Mormon. Oh, there I was the I Am a Mormon campaign. campaign. Everyone was tell, talking about their stories of why they were Mormons and all of that. But that's we're, a perfect example of modern revelation because the current prophet, when he became prophet, it was very quick and clear that he did not want anybody to be called Mormon or for them to be referred to as the Mormon Church anymore. So that was something that the previous prophets had spent a lot of money, a lot of advertising, a lot of telling all the members, my whole childhood, be proud to be a Mormon, say why you are a Mormon, I'm a Mormon, hashtag I am a Mormon. Um, and then this current prophet said, nope, we don't want to be called Mormon. We are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, and now, that's it. And we're, we are not trying to be disrespectful to the church in any way. By saying Mormon, not at all. Not at all. And, but we have received comments of people that say, how dare you? How dare you refer to us as Mormon? Well, you know, two years ago, it was fine. It was just two years ago. How long has it been? The no, longer he's been than that? a little longer okay. than that. <laughs> Seems like two years ago. <laughs> but just not that long ago, it was perfectly fine. And so it's hard, especially for the whole world that has always known of the Mormon church, to even know who we're talking about if we say the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the FLDS Church. A lot of people have no idea who we're even referring to in that mm -hmm. at, at that time. Growing up in the FLDS Church, the, uh, we referred to the Mormon Church as the Mormon Church. That's what we, we referred to them as. And people would come up to us and ask, well, are you? do you consider yourselves Mormons? And we would say, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we're, we're Mormons too. Uh, just, just different kinds of Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we believed in the Book of Mormon as well. So that was kind of a tricky one where, and that might have been some of the confusion why people thought that the FLDS and the mainstream LDS church were like the same church in some ways. And I think that's where kind of the term like fundamentalist Mormon comes into play, right? That kind of includes a whole bunch of churches. If a church practices polygamy or believes in those fundamental principles, then they get blanketed with that. So there's like the Mormons, meaning mainstream Mormonism, and then there's the fundamentalists or the fundamental Mormons, and that pretty much means everybody else who's broken off of it. Right. Right? So. Yep. And so, and for those of you that don't know by this point as well, LDS stands for Latter-day Saints. So 
Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. LDS stands for Latter-day Saints. FLDS stands for Fundamental Latter-day Saints. So those are kind of where those terms are coming from and why they're thrown around. So the FLDS Church proudly admits that they are fundamentals. They stand by the fundamentals of the truth. They are not willing to change with society just because the society says it's better. They say, nope, this is what God said. This is what we're doing because this is what he wanted us to do from the beginning. We will not change. Yeah, and I don't even know if we've said the full name of the FLDS. Like you said, that means fundamentalist Latter-day Saint mm -hmm. when we're referring to the people right. because they're the fundamentalist Latter-day Saint. But the full name of their church is the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Correct. Right? So yeah. it's they're both mouthfuls, though. So um, that's why a lot <laughs> a of times lot referring to, to people, LDS or FLDS is a lot easier. Fundamentalist Mormon or Mormon, um, though now people don't appreciate being called that as much. Again, it's hard to back paddle on years and years and years and years and years of marketing that way. Um, but we do most of the time try to refer to LDS and FLDS out of respect. But when we don't, it's not being disrespectful. I grew up where it was respected and loved, and I always felt honored to be called a Mormon. I thought that that was wonderful and beautiful, and I felt proud to be called Mormon. And so I don't currently believe that Russell Nelson is a prophet anymore at this point. And so it's hard for me to prescribe to that when I had the pride and in the prophets that I did believe in. So, so I, I, do, I wasn't raised in the uh, LDS or Mormon church at all. Uh, and, I mean, I joined when I was 18 years old or 19, somewhere around there. <laughs> it's hard to keep all of the dates straight. Were all of the prophets before, because obviously during uh, President Monson, mm -hmm. Thomas S. Monson's reign or time yeah. as prophet, he was... He did the I Am a Mormon campaign. I Am a Mormon, so it was very much about Mormon. Was was President Hinckley also? Yeah, President Hinckley was my childhood prophet, and very much we were called Mormons. Mormon as well, and okay. As a matter of fact, if I remember right, he had a general conference talk specifically talking about how we should be proud to be called Mormon. Mm. And so, yes, my entire childhood upbringing, I mean, Nelson didn't become a prophet until long after I was an adult, until after we were right, married and had right. kids and stuff. Um, so my entire childhood, it was all very, very positive to be I just, Mormon. I just wasn't sure if it was President Monson that, that, that was kind of focusing on the Mormons, the Mormon stuff, or if it was long before him even. No, and all the prophets beforehand, I don't, I can't think of a single example of um, any prophet before that had any type of problem with being called a Mormon. I know that in the there were some in the, like the beginning that they they had their concerns about being called Mormons, like in the beginnings of the church, because they wanted to stand behind being members of the Church of Jesus Christ, right? And that Jesus Christ was the the head of the church. But I think that it quickly was just pushed aside and said, "Well, that's what the whole world knows us as now, so we'll just stick with that name." Yeah, I'm not. I, th I, I thought I heard something. It'd have along to be pretty far back, but yeah. in all the modern, all the modern, for a very, very, very long time until Nelson, it was. Yeah. You're supposed to be very proud of being Mormon, but hopefully that can shed some more light on what it is, what fundamental Mormonism is, and the differences between the FLDS, the LDS, and kind of where that all comes from. So yes. hopefully that can help. If you want to hear more of what it was like for Sam to grow up in polygamy, please like and subscribe and we'll talk to y'all soon. Yes, thank you all so much for being here with us today. If this brought up more questions, <laughs> please feel free to ask any more questions you might have in the comments below. Thank you all so much. We'll talk to you soon.